This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com Good morning. It is Monday. It is the ninth day of October 2023. This is Paratalk here on the Crusade Channel Live Talk Radio the way it should be. Broadcasting every single day from the heart of America. You can email me at restoringthefaithmedia@gmail.com. This is a radio show where we challenge the common opinions about things. And you get your daily 10 a.m. fix, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. The top-rated show on the Crusade Channel at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. There are none like it. President Trump, did you know this? On August 17th, not that long ago, less than two months ago, President Trump criticized Joe Biden for giving Iran $6 billion and said that this deal was, quote-unquote, extremely deadly and that the payment would be immediately used to start violence, bloodshed, and mayhem throughout the Middle East and all around the world. Crooked Joe Biden just agreed to pay a $6 billion ransom to the Iranian dictatorship in exchange for hostages. This is yet another Biden surrender and a further blistering humiliation of the United States of America to the world stage. But even worse, this decision will be extremely deadly. Biden is giving $6 billion to the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism. Just as when Obama sent the Iranian regime pallets of cash for hostages in the dark of night, remember, plane loads of cash, Biden's ransom payment will be immediately used to Stoke violence, bloodshed, and mayhem throughout the Middle East and all around the world, costing countless innocent lives. It's also guaranteed that the fanatical Iranian regime will use this money to advance their nuclear weapons program, putting Israel, the United States, and the entire world in very grave peril. They are reportedly just weeks away from a nuclear bomb, something which would have never happened under the Trump administration. Tragically, Biden's ransom payments also make it dramatically more likely that even more Americans will be held captive in the future because Biden has shown that he will pay gargantuan sums of money, meaning the kidnappers turn a massive profit. They're making money hand over fist. In other words, Biden has put a bounty on the head of every American citizen abroad. Under my leadership, we brought home more than 50 hostages from all over the world, and we never paid ransom money to do it, not at all. We did it with diplomacy, and we did it through strength, and we will do it again when we are reelected as President of the United States. Our country is failing. We are a failing nation. We will turn it around, and we will make America great again. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So Iran is uh, weeks away from the nuke. Remember, we've talked about this here on uh, Paratalk before. Iran is the enemy, and they've been days or weeks away from getting the bomb. Well, since Bill Clinton was in office. That was the scare tactic. Remember the Iranian nuclear deal and 
Ted Cruz, remember George W. Bush, the axis of evil, you're with us or you're against us. They can't let them get the bomb. It's all so very interesting. Less than two months ago, President Donald Trump predicted that with these payments to Iran, that there would be bloodshed and violence in Israel. I'm sure I don't need to tell you that over the weekend, that actually did happen. Supposedly, in the Gaza Strip, one of the most monitored places on planet Earth, surveilled, censored, One of the places on planet Earth where it is known whether or not a cat is stray. I don't know how they did this. This must have been one of the most epic intelligence failures in the history of the world. That's what they're saying now. This wasn't an intelligence failure. How did you get all these missiles into Gaza? And launch a coordinated strike against the Jews. And nobody knew a thing. I'm going to read you a tweet. That somebody sent me early this morning. And when I say early this morning, I'm like, come on, don't tweet me this early, man. It's by a guy named Keith Woods. The question is, why did Hamas attack happen? Why did the Hamas attack happen now? No one is really discussing what sparked this attack by Hamas. This latest attack was called the Al-Asqa flood by Hamas. This is because the reason given for its timing is Israel allowing, quote, Jewish groups to desecrate Al-Asqa mosque. And here's a screenshot. In a statement about Saturday's attack, Hamas directly referenced Jewish prayer at the site, calling it an act of aggression that had reached a peak. Hamas specifically mentioned the blowing of shofars at the complex, as well as the sprinkling of a red cow's blood, which Jewish texts state is a precursor to the construction of the Third Temple. As proof of their belief... Israel plans to destroy the mosque and the entire compound, justifying the attack. While perhaps ideally, shared prayer at a shared holy site would be possible peacefully, practically speaking, Jewish prayer at the site is a disruption of the status quo often done with geopolitical ambition in mind. At minimum, it is a demonstration of Israeli control in an area not officially in its power and yet another loss of Palestinian rights and autonomy in the region. At its most extreme, Jewish prayer signals intentions on the part of the extremist religious groups to rebuild the Jewish temple at the site. The tweet continues. Recently, the Israeli government has begun to support extremist Jewish groups attacking and expelling Muslims and Christians from their holy sites. Extremist Jewish groups like the Temple Institute believe it necessary to build the third temple on the site of the Aska Mosque 
to bring about the Jewish Messiah, which many Christians think will be the Antichrist. These Jewish groups have been trying to breed a quote-unquote blemish-free red cow to fulfill prophecy and bring about the end times, even using advanced embryo selection technology to try and breed this sacrificial cow. Recently, in a further escalation against Muslims and Christians, they have been sprinkling Heifer's blood on the site. And then here's another screenshot of an article. Here it is. Quote, A report by the Hebrew Channel 12 a few days ago highlighted the repercussion of the rise of religious Zionism in Israel. Its efforts to turn it into an extremist Jewish religious state and the increasing pace of preparations for the construction of the alleged temple by the current Israeli government, the culmination of which is to accelerate the pace of the Judaization of Jerusalem. Settlers are awaiting the appearance of a blemish-free red cow, which according to Judaism is central to the prediction about the end of times and therefore paves the way for the acceleration of the destruction of Al-Asqa Mosque to make way for the so-called temple. The cow's promise of reinstating biblical purity to the world, and what far-right Israeli finance minister Bezalel Smotrich has been waiting for before he storms Al-Asqa Mosque. Now, side note, I don't know the context of this article. I don't know where this article came from or what else it says. But I'm very confused about what the Jewish finance minister, Bezalel Smotrich, has anything to do with storming the Al-Asqa Mosque and the, uh, the unblemished red cow. The tweet continues, quote, This year, and especially in recent weeks, this antagonism against Muslims and Christians has massively accelerated. Christian churches have been attacked with statues of Jesus desecrated, as Jewish settlers believe they must destroy all religious idols in the land to fulfill prophecy. Over the summer, Jewish settlers occupied and attempted to seize by force Christian churches in Israel. It has also become common for these settlers to spit on and abuse Christians in the vicinity of the holy site, as recent widely shared footage on social media has demonstrated. Now, I've I've seen this. I I showed it on the rundown a couple weeks ago. This is true. The extremely Orthodox Jews are walking around spitting on Christians. In the, Holy, in the Holy Land. Quote, Dozens of Jewish extremists tried on Sunday to storm a church in Haifa in Israel, which has been repeatedly targeted in the past two months. A bus full of radicals attempted to enter Mar Elias Church on Sunday, with hundreds of local Palestinians rushing to defend it. On Saturday, a bus loaded with 20 settlers attempted to enter, but the church was closed. 
Days ago, dozens of settlers stormed the Asqua Mosque to perform Talmudic rituals. Israeli forces, Israeli forces, these religious extremists, expelling Palestinian worshippers from their most sacred holy site. Here's a news article. Israeli settlers storm Alaska Mosque complex on fifth day of Sukkot. Israeli, here's the byline. Settlers, uh, Israeli settlers have stormed the complex in groups and attempted to perform Talmudic rituals, according to a WAF official. This is all extremely relevant context that has been left out of the discussion as the whole focus becomes individual instances of violence. The ultra-nationalistic Israeli government has been supporting the antagonism of extreme Jewish groups against Muslim and Christians in the Holy Land for years. And this continues to accelerate. It's impossible to have an informed discussion about the conflict while ignoring this. End quote. Uh, Keith Woods, the author of this tweet, put a tweet right underneath that said, I went to Israeli publications to find most of this, which is totally underreported by the Western media. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. I don't think I need to explain to you exactly where this program or this audience is going to fall on this latest fake, fraudulent, phony thing. Um, I am not denying that there is bloodshed. In the Middle East right now. I am not denying that IDF soldiers are being captured and killed. Some of these photos and videos are truly shocking. Nevertheless, I just have to say thank you. I need to send a personal thank you note to Nazi Christine Niles for making sure that I personally cannot be called up to go fight for Israel. I'm not gay enough, according to her and according to the Marine Corps. I am not faggot enough to go and fight for Israel. I'm not gay enough to fight in Tel Aviv. I'm not gay enough to fight in Jerusalem. I'm certainly not gay enough to fight in Gaza. And so I and my family will have nothing to do with this conflict. That being said, I don't think that the United States is going to stay out of this one. This is a coordinated
media blitz that's happening right now. Attempting to demonstrate to the quote-unquote international community, which, by the way, consists of Europe and the United States and Australia. That's the international community. But the international community is aggrieved right now. The West stands with Israel. Meanwhile, the Arab world is supporting Palestine. More than a thousand people are dead right now. That number is going to continue to climb. And this is exactly what I, this would, you know, I thought about this over the weekend. There's always an October surprise. As you come up to an election, it's usually not the October in the year before, though. It's usually in the October as in like months or one month or a couple weeks before the election. That's the October surprise. Things were going so badly for fake Catholic usurper in chief Joe Biden. Bidenomics is melting down. The woke agenda is failing. People are waking up to it. Things are going so badly for Joe Biden that they had to they had to pull the crack in early. They had to start this war one year earlier than they had planned. This is supposed to be an October 2024 surprise. But it was a rushed job. It was rushed, halfway done job. And what you're not going to hear are any critical questions about, like, how did all these missiles get into Gaza? It's not like Gaza is it surrounded by the Jews. Surrounded, surveilled. How did they fail? How did intelligence fail? Explain this to us all. From the Daily Mail, quote, The world has been divided once again by a bloody and brutal conflict, this time in the Middle East, as Palestine and Israel descended into a fight that has claimed the lives of hundreds of civilians in just one weekend. Nations across the world are watching violence unfold in the region and appear to have already chosen sides in the conflict, which has so far been the bloodiest weekend in the region for 50 years. Local media reports that Israel's death toll has surpassed 700, while Gaza has so far reported at least 370 dead at the time of this publication. The attack began on Saturday morning after Hamas fighters blitzed into Israel on motorized paragliders during a lightning offensive while thousands of rockets rained down across the south of the country. Footage showed squads of Palestinians on suicide missions swooping over the border on the aircraft, spreading fear and chaos amongst cowering families below before landing and opening fire on Israeli civilians and soldiers alike.
Western countries, including the U.S., Germany, and the U.K., have shown signs of solidarity with Israel, while much of the Arab world has stood behind Palestine. Rishi Sunak has vowed to stand with Israel unequivocally against Hamas during a phone call with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, number 10, said tonight. A number 10 spokesperson said, quote, The Prime Minister spoke to Israeli Prime Minister ben- Benjamin Netanyahu this afternoon following deadly attacks by Hamas against Israel. He reaffirmed, he reaffirmed that the UK will stand with Israel unequivocally against these acts of terror. The Prime Minister offered Prime Minister Netanyahu any special support Israel needs. Uh, it would be Great Britain who invented Israel to begin with, invented the nation at the end of World War II. So I suppose it would make sense that Great Britain would stand, quote-unquote, with Israel in their special time of need. In Berlin, Germany, hundreds or hundreds of supporters gathered by the Brandenburg Gate in the heart of the city on Sunday, many of whom waved Israeli flags in solidarity. Where did, they, where did these flags come from by Sunday? How did these Israeli flags just magically appear in Berlin on Sunday. The wall was also lit up with the Israeli flag overnight, shortly after news of the Hamas attack broke. We're all global citizens. The gate once used as a prominent symbol for the Nazi party now represents freedom in the eyes of Berliners and has played host to several world leaders, including four U.S. presidents. Elsewhere in Berlin, the government flew the Israeli flag alongside its own flag, as well as the European Union's flag next to the Reichstag building, the heart of the federal government in the country. Germany's Chancellor Olaf Scholz said in his earlier statement today, quote, We are deeply shocked by the rocket fire from Gaza and the escalating violence. Germany condemns these attacks and stands by Israel. My question to you, ladies and gentlemen. Who amongst the Republican candidates for President of the United States, who is going to wear the biggest Israeli lapel pin at the next Republican debate? Because you know that none of them are going to be wearing the United States flag. None of them will be wearing the good old stars and bars of the U.S. of A. No, 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 no. I mean, even, I think on the last one, two or three of them weren't even wearing the U.S. flag. They were wearing the Ukrainian flag. Which brings me to whom I believe is the biggest loser over the weekend. And that's Zelensky. 
Zelensky is the biggest loser over the weekend because now nobody is going to care about his stupid country and being, quote-unquote, invaded by Russia. Everyone's going to now care about saving the Jews. From Iran, Iranians, those Persians. You know, those pesky Persians, they're about to get the atomic bomb. Just you wait. It's going to happen. It's days away now. Any day now, the Persians will have the bomb. The cynical side of me thinks that This is an extremely convenient excuse for Republicans, conservatives, boomer tards, to like sneak out of the Ukraine thing, to slither out of it. You know what I mean? They went from wearing the Ukrainian flag, this is Nikki Haley especially. Nikki Haley was talking about how it's not that America needs Ukraine. It's that Ukraine needs America. Now she's saying it about the Jews. It's not that Israel needs the United States. It's that the United States needs Israel. She declared that at the last Republican debate. Now she's out there saying that an attack on Israel is an attack on the United States of America. This is extremely dangerous rhetoric. Nikki Haley is one of the most dangerous women in the United States of America. She needs to be silenced. She needs to be shut down, shoved into a kitchen, and forced to make my sandwich. No, I'm not kidding. The world would be better off if Nikki Haley were in a kitchen somewhere making a sandwich for somebody. She's one of the most dangerous people walking the planet Earth today. An attack on Israel is an attack on the United States of America. What a psychotic, insane, retarded thing for anyone to say. I'm sorry. An attack on Israel is an attack on the United States of America? You think that the USA should invade Palestine? Should we bomb Iran? Should we invade the Middle East? Thank you, thank you, and thank you once again. Nazi Niles in Ferndale. Christine Niles, who testified against me, in a military proceeding, saying that I am not gay enough to wear the uniform. She endorsed the LGBTQRS lifestyle under oath. I have audio for that. It's out there on the internet. It's on YouTube. Christine Niles promotes the faggotry agenda. She is a sodomite. Or at least a sodomite lover. Lover of all things sodomitical. Thank you, Christine Niles, for pointing out to the Marine Corps that I am not sodomitical enough to quote-unquote liberate Tel Aviv. 
I am so glad right now. I sleep with so much comfort and peace knowing that I am not gay enough for the Marine Corps of 2023 in this October surprise. <laughs> when we come back, I'm not going to be talking about the Jews in Israel anyway. Uh, when we come back, I have a very interesting tweet that got lost over the weekend. has nothing to do with this uh, phony war. And I can't wait to break it down for you. Paratalk here on the Crusade Channel. Live talk radio the way it should be. Don't go anywhere. Profits first, content second. We'll be right back. Hey, I just met you. Heard you're a groomer. So here's your millstone. Good luck, loser. It's hard to look right when you're a pervert. So take your millstone. No kids will get hurt. Gotta get these fools down to the bottom of the ocean. Down in the ocean. Alongside that Titan sub. Gotta get these guys down to the bottom of the ocean. Throw them in the ocean. With that Titanic sub. Nobody remembers that Titanic sub anymore. Remember that little Titanic sub? He's gonna go down there, explore the Titanic. Couple billionaires on board, dead. Pressure. A lot of pressure down at the bottom of the ocean. Gotta get the groomers down there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the program. Parrot Talk here on the Crusade Channel Live. Talk radio the way it should be. Cardinal Zen. He made news a couple years ago. He slept on the ground. On the curb. On the sidewalk. Trying to get to... an audience with Francis so that he could explain to Francis just how bad the underground Catholics have it. Not just in Hong Kong but in China overall. Zen seeking an audience with Chaos Frank for months to try to explain to him just how bad it was living under communism in China. Zen ignored and very famously, Jimmy Martin, Father James Martin, SJ, a Jesuit from the United States of America with a large social media following, who loves the LGBTQRS people, he is certainly gay enough to fight in Israel. He's definitely gay enough. To defend Tel Aviv. James Martin is. Sign him up. Put him into the Marine Corps. Jimmy Martin gets to meet with Frank like three, four, five times. Cardinal Zen sleeping out on the streets. Chaos Frank doesn't want to meet with Zen. Doesn't want to hear anything from Zen. Doesn't want to understand how bad things are for the underground Catholics in Chinese communist control. That was our introduction to Cardinal Zen, who he was, who he is. 
prayerful man, someone who apparently takes the faith seriously, albeit the bogus ordo faith, the one invented in the 1960s. Or so it seemed, until this tweet, which he released on Saturday morning at 7.32 a.m., just hours before the bloodshed in the Middle East, which would eclipse this tweet. But you listen to this program to hear the things happening in between the lines. Quote, Lefebvre's disciples were few, but those who chose to follow the current of the world are now attempting to dominate the church. It is time to return to the word of God, of the apostles, especially St. Paul, of the popes, especially the recent ones, not just the present one. Cardinal Joseph Zen, 7.32 a.m., October 7th, 2023, 122,000 views. Lefebvre's disciples were few. That would be Archbishop Lefebvre, the founder of the Society of St. Pius X, SSPX. Lefebvre is one of the most consequential churchmen in the 21st century. He rejected the novelties of Vatican II, held fast to tradition, maintained the traditional Latin Mass, the traditional breviary, the traditional sacraments, including baptism, matrimony, confirmation, and holy orders. Archbishop Lefebvre was a missionary in Africa for most of his adult life. When he came back to Europe from Africa, he realized everything had changed. Everything that had been passed on to him, the faith that he had been taught, had changed somehow. And he just refused to go along with it. Fast forward to 2023, and Cardinal Zen, who slept out on the curb, trying to inform Chaos Frank how bad things were under the China deal that Chaos Frank had inked, wherein the Catholic Church in China is subservient to the state, the state selects the bishops, You are Chinese first, Catholic second. Cardinal Zen wanting to tell Pope Francis about the underground church in China. The secret church. The the Catholics in China who are actually Catholic. Catholic first, Chinese second. How bad it is for them, how tough it is for them. Zen sleeping outside on the curb. A cardinal, a prince of the church, trying to get to Francis. Quote, 
Lefebvre's disciples were few, but those who chose to follow the current of the world, so not Lefebvre's disciples, are now attempting to dominate the church. It is time to return to the word of God, the apostles, especially St. Paul, of the popes, I don't know, especially the recent ones, not just the present one. I think what he's referring to is Benedict XVI in this tweet. The recent ones. I think Cardinal Zan is saying, you know, Benedict XVI understood that you needed the Latin Mass, you needed a traditional church, and you can put lipstick on the pig and have the have the two expressions of the same right. It sounds like Cardinal Zen is saying, more or less, you know, these radical traditional Catholics, the ones that the FBI like to um, surveil every now and then, these SSPXers, these RTCs, they're not all bad. They do seem to make some valid points. That's what it sounds like he's saying. Sounds like he's saying, look, if I had to choose between an RTC and a Francophile, I would choose the RTC. 7 days a week and twice on Tuesday. But if you but 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 the best thing we can all do is just go back to the recent popes, not just the present one. Okay, your eminence, which recent popes? I suspect, like I said, he's, he's talking about Benedict XVI, who was somewhat conservative, especially in appearances, and got pretty darn close to formulating a deal with the traditionalists around the world, the traditional Catholics, to quote-unquote normalize them, bring them into the Catholic fold, because they're out of the Catholic fold, obviously, because you're not allowed to teach St. Alphonsus Liguori from, you know, 100 years ago. That's that's all changed. Just ask smoochy face, tutti-frutti, smoochy smooch, Tucci Fernandez, who's now in charge of doctrine for the, well, allegedly for the Catholic Church. I think the Cardinal Zen tweet is interesting because he doesn't quite go go out and say, I'm a radical traditional Catholic. He doesn't pull a, uh, a vegano. He basically just says, look, the people who call, follow the current of the world are trying to dominate the church. He's obviously referring to the synod on synodality, which is underway right now. And he's saying that Lefebvre's disciples would have opposed that because they didn't go along with the current of the world. And that it is time to return to the perennial magisterium of the church. That's what he's saying when he says the word of God, the apostles, and the popes. That's the 
magisterium of the church. We need to go back to that and pretty much ignore this current pope. That's what he's saying. Cardinal Zen. Not making necessarily a pro-SSPX argument, just saying, you know what? Those RTCs, they were onto something. It's nice to hear, all right? It's a half step in our direction. It's not a full endorsement by any stretch. But I'll take it. I'll take it on this Monday morning. One of the last free Monday mornings we have before World War III. And believe me, when World War III breaks out, it'll be here on the Crusade Channel, live talk radio the way it should be, that we catalog it, break it down, and mock it. God bless you. This is Mike. I'll see you on Tuesday. This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com.